Ground support equipment is used to service an aircraft between flights. However, these equipment require maintenance of their own, which typically gets ignored or it cannot keep up with the pace set by the aircraft itself. This leads to Frankenstein fixes in order to get GSC to work just enough to finish the job. This is Janky GSC. Janky GSC is a good way to uh, explain it because, man, more often than not, that's exactly what it is. just janky, raggedy, falling apart. As you're towing it down the line, you leave a trail of miscellaneous hardware behind it. <laughs> <laughs> the trail broken of tears and broken dreams. Huh? <laughs> broken dreams. <laughs> You've had to find a bunch of spare wheels from the junkyard to put on it, you know, to, to move it around. Right. It's got like a, it's got a wagon wheel from the 1800s on there. <laughs> right as, as as the as the brakes are squeaking along to kind of get itself going, it, you can it's it uh, squeaks to the tone of Green Day, like <laughs> I walk a lonely road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I you know, and six, you know this, but at one of the places we had like uh, tow tractors that would tow luggage carts around at the airports from like the 19. Uh, I'm going to say those are probably from the seventies, but I, you know, they act like they were from the forties, <laughs> <laughs> like the chokes would stick, you know, you'd have to, if it was cold out in the morning, you'd have to sit there and, and, and pump the gas pedal to get it going and hopefully not flood it. Um, <laughs> you'd have to mash the brake to the floor to shift it into gear. Cause it would lurch forward or backwards, depending on if you're going forward or reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in tow, uh, you know, it would, jolt the tow bar and the then multi-million dollar attached airplane around and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so for those who don't know right ground support equipment is the stuff you see at an airport or a, at a at a gate where like the baggage carts like mvp said the tow tractors that move the plane in and out of the gate to the runway and back or like that big generator thing that's looking like it's recharging the plane stuff like that so uh, these things, they're like we've said, is meant to like service the plane in between flights when it's on the ground, stuff like that. And these things, they're machines themselves, so they require their own set of maintenance. Now, depending on who owns it or who's contracted for it, or if there's even dedicated technicians for it, the maintenance for that t- typically doesn't happen either by, again, by contracting. Funds, fund shortage, part shortage, or is just because the plane itself is just such in a high demand that the ground, the support equipment can't keep up, or it's running so all the time, and it doesn't have enough uh, rest or breaks to really sit down and fix it. So then we go into these Frankenstein fixes where we get it to work just enough to get it done. In in MVP's uh, example was we're using a 1940s level. A baggage cart to tow a plane around <laughs> and we gotta smash the brakes just to get the get it to shift in the gear <laughs> well I like how you mentioned uh you know if there's not an own dedicated uh gse team to do the maintenance i i believe that if there's not a dedicated gse team that maintenance will never get done if it's left to the amps i mean that that is always going to be gse is always going to be on the back burner right because they're especially if you're working airlines you're going to be focused on the planes coming in and out all day right because those are all revenue flights so those planes have to get in the air so now obviously right. these planes can't get in the air if the required gse isn't working but 
you know, that just starts the waterfall effect. But I can tell you, I can tell you, it's always going to be a, 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 a back burner thought. Right. And uh, we, we mentioned this in the episode with buttons about documentation. GSC has its own set of maintenance records and no one thinks to look through them until it's time for it to go through an overhaul or it's going through an, a major inspection stuff or, or if it breaks. So that, so you will look into some of these records and it'll say date last service 2001 or date last service 1991. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Like and a lot of the GSC has what daily checkout list, right? So, or, or prior to use. So either one, it's the first, you do it at the first use of the day, you'll do the pre-inspection list, or in some cases the equipment might need it prior to each and every use. Right. Let's face it. I mean, more often than not, those are pencil whipped items anyways. And then that's how you get to like, well, how come this wasn't caught during the pre-inspection? Well, that's because somebody would have actually had to done the pre-inspection to catch right? it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you so many times I would see people do that. Like you mentioned, like uh, the GSC that I had to work with had a pre and po- post operation inspection. So every time you, you're going to use it and every time you're going to put it back, you have to do an inspection on this. And most cases, people will just look like, okay, who used it last and when was the last time it was used? Oh, it was used yesterday. All right, pencil whip. Or if it was used the same day by someone who you know and trust, like, okay, yeah, whatever, pencil whip. Yeah, it was just used five hours ago. It's probably fine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then you find, then, then you be the lucky soul who snaps the throttle cable <laughs> as you're towing a plate in the lung and you're just spinning wheels for no reason. <laughs> oh, speaking of snap throttle cables, uh, another example of a tug uh, recently used. Uh, on one of the projects I was on, uh, we get out there and, you know, it's an, again, an old tug from God knows when and God knows where it looks like they, it looks like it literally looks like they pulled it out of the junkyard, like out of an <laughs> aircraft boneyard and, uh, blew the dust off of it and changed the oil and said, Hey, this will, this will be fine. <laughs> you know, tires are all cracked and dry rotted, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, so the throttle cable snaps. So we're sitting there waiting on the guy to show up the tug and we find that we call him and say, Hey, where are you at? It's been 30 minutes doesn't take that long to get here. And he's like, I'm trying to fix the throttle cable. It snapped again or it snapped. And then the, the guy on the other end of the line goes again. Well, it turns out this throttle cable had snapped like six times. And so out, you know, at that one project, there's no dedicated GSE team. So it was left to the AMPs to fix it. And as we said earlier, uh, if it's left to the AMPs, it's always going to be a back thought until it's, until it's ne- necessary. Right. So trying to patch together, patch together, but the cable snapped and been shortened so many times that they've had to try to reroute it. But it's just so short now that it can't reach, it can't reach the, the, you know, it's intended, uh, gas pedal. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so they had to route it up through the transmission tunnel and there's a piece of steel that covers the transmission tunnel and all the rotating assemblies under there. So I had to stick it up through there and then, and then leave the, the cover off. So thereby exposing yourself to all the rotating assemblies, but reaching there with a pair of vice grips and then <laughs> clamp, clamp the vice grips onto the end of the cable and then, you know, pull it in and out to, uh, give it gas or no gas. And, um, you know, it's just, it just gets dangerous, but, but, you know, you put in the request to, uh, you put in the request to the, the program, the local program management and say, Hey, you know, we need to get a replacement cable. And they say, well, what have you been doing so far? Well, just making it work. Well, keep making it work. Like, it's getting dangerous though now. And then the guy, it was, you know, it's cold out. So he had a pretty loose sweatshirt on and he ended up getting mm-hmm. his, um, getting his shirt caught in one of those rotating assemblies. No. And it didn't pull his arm all the way in, but it did shred the sleeve off of it. 
Oh, lucky. And so he walks into the program manager's office and goes, goes, can we get one now? Why have your sweatshirt? The tug ate it. Like, <laughs> it's like, thank God it wasn't my arm, but this could have been a lot worse. And, and right. to this day, talking with some of the guys who are still there, I don't, I don't think they, they actually got a replacement. They're just still, I think, I think actually one of them broke down and went to O'Reilly or Napa Aviation, uh, bought a, a generic throttle cable that would fit, you name it, whatever car and made it work. Jesus. Again, made it work, but use their own money. Just, just to make their lives easier. And it's just crazy. Oh my God. I mean, I could have pictured so many ways that could have gone south. Especially it, it did get caught for, for all intents and purposes, man. That could have totally fucked him up easily, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like when you, when you hear stuff like that, I'm thinking like vice grips. Okay. It's kind of like those old cars where you use the vice grips to uh, roll down the window or change the channel on your old TV set. But not to, oh, yeah, I've uh, that fuck. before. Click, 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 click. Is this a channel right. you wanted, Grandma? No, go back around. <laughs> click, click, click. Right. It's one of those where you actually had to hit the TV in order for it to work. That doesn't happen no more. You try that now, we'll freaking destroy everything. <laughs> that was back in the days when your parents had kids just so they could have a, a somebody change the channel for them. Right. <laughs> we were biological remotes, remote right. controls. Like the Flintstones with the, it's, it's not an actual remote, it's just a little box with a little pterodactyl thing to go and push the button (laughs) (laughs) but still man like that just off the wall like you're using a pair of vice grips to be the gas pedal that's wild while towing around an asset that cost 15 million dollars like yeah come on you know i mean (laughs) imagine imagine if that was a commercial airline right and uh you're wondering why you're going so damn slow and then finally the mechanic just has has added like look passengers um I'm literally driving this thing with a pair of ice grips, not my foot with a pair of ice grips. So please, please, uh, excuse us while we get you towed slowly, but surely onto the runway. <laughs> I think a lot, I think a lot of passengers who, who, you know, commercial passengers would be shocked if they knew the dirty underbelly of, of the airline industry. You know what I mean? Right? Just like, yeah, all, be- like all that same stuff. They'd be like, you what now? <laughs> <laughs> what like else are you flying. doing how, how else are you fi- fixing these things uh, don't right. worry about it don't ask <laughs> questions you don't want to know the answer to <laughs> like i'm never flying again like yeah but you ride in your friend's car who like uh, who who here has a friend that says things like i know how my car is you yeah, know they, and it's they got a hoopty yeah <laughs> like you know? oh the gas gauge doesn't work but i know how much gas is left in the tank do you do you really <laughs> <laughs> right or you got to do like some special shit to start it like you got to press the the gas on the clutch together and you got to kind of like jump in your seat and then and then smash the the clutch down. <laughs> yeah, or you always got to park it at the top of a hill so you can bump start it in the morning when you leave to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now picture that, but it's on a, on on support equipment and or an aircraft. It same thing does happen. <laughs> or how about a power cart that's got some sort of electrical fault? Oh my! when you go to open one of the panels or touch it, it gives you a little zap every time. Not enough to do any damage, but it becomes like the joke around the, uh, around the flight line. Like, Hey, go grab, uh, go grab that power cart number, whatever. And then everybody starts laughing. <laughs> and then the new guy walks over there and gets the shit shocked out of him. <laughs> <laughs> now I did have something similar to that, but it, it, uh, it didn't give the zap, but it'll have like this giant jolt of electricity for like a split second right so like as soon as you turn it on it's supposed to fall into this green range right like this is the normal operating Mm -hmm. as soon as you turn it on this thing would spike 
far into the red, like, oh my God, right? But then mm-hmm. it'll slowly, I don't know what it is, but it'll slowly tail itself back. So we, we instead of fixing it the right way, they'll just slap a sign on it says, do not plug onto aircraft until it has ran for like X amount of minutes. Like, oh, interesting. Re- like, really? That's the fix? Like, can we just like take this down and say it doesn't work instead of like, uh, oh, just let it do its thing for two minutes. <laughs> you, you know, especially with electricity. Uh, God forbid, like, whoever knows a thing or two about electricity is, you don't, you don't, it's, you don't fuck with this, especially when the ground is fucked up or like the volt, the re- regulators are fucked up or God forbid, like the, the stuff that keeps it from electrifying the entire assembly is fucked up. Maybe that's why some of the new GSC, they have uh, warm-up times, right? So it's all it's all auto into a timer. So warm-up and cool-down cycle. So you go and start the equipment, but it actually won't let you bring up the RPMs and and put on power until it's ran for five minutes. And then when you go to shut it down, it'll auto, you know, cut, it'll it'll throw the breakers internally, and then it'll it'll auto idle itself down and run at that for three minutes and then it'll shut itself off. True. It's probably True. probably because so many people it'll be negative 30 outside. Somebody will start the generator and then immediately throw it, you know, bring up the RPM and throw power so they can power up the aircraft. Right. That's how yeah. things get damaged. Probably. Now, uh, I've seen some of these newer tow tractors where they'll have like a, a kill switch right by the door. It's like this big red button. And it used to be the ongoing joke, like whenever we have some new guy on the t- on the tow tractor, he'll be towing things along, or he'll just be driving along. We'll like we'll come up right behind or right next to it and just press the red button. It kills the engine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the reason why that button was there is because the older older brother of these uh, tow tractors that would have like RPM runaway, like uh, after so long, the governors or whatever would fail, so it would just like over rev the fuck out of itself and. And like shatter oh, itself. Yeah, and you can't shut it down, so the motor ultimately grenades. Yeah. So, yeah. so they'll so they're like, oh, what's the fix? Oh, well, we have like this little kill switch at the outside of it to kind of tell the engine to shut itself up. <laughs> you know. Now, now, consequently, I may or may not have done this, but I've heard of significant stories of people who would disable these governors on purpose just to get a little extra oomph out of the tow tractors. I may or may not know of a couple individuals who have u- who have used this said disabled effect to drag race with tow tractors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 now, pic- now, now, picture the average speed of a tow tractor is anywhere between between slow and five miles an hour. I think the at best is maybe ten, and then that's with the governors on that limits the engine from doing any more than that, and they're built for ten to fifteen miles an hour. And then you take turn these off or disable them for whatever reason, and now they're going thirty. <laughs> you see everything sh- rattle loose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really fun? Really fun to race around is uh, jammers. You know they would you know those little uh, units you ride on, and it has the uh, hydraulic arms to li- load bombs with and stuff. Oh yeah, the little f- the weird forklift looking things. Yeah, man, those things actually scoot. They they move pretty quick. So again, I may or may not have. Uh, seen or witnessed or partaked in uh several of those races where we'd set up uh cones <laughs> in like a slalom course <laughs> on the ramp and then who can get around their time trials and we do like team races and oh my god <laughs> the the crap the crap you used to do man yeah 
Now, some of those jammers, um, they don't have steering wheels. They have like these weird joysticks. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so you're like you're trying about. to you're you're trying to do a turn, like a full arc turn with a joystick that only goes left, right, up, down, you know, so I'm like I can't go diagonal. <laughs> How do I do? <laughs> you know, it's like it's like with those old Nintendo controllers where you're trying to do the Hadouken where it says like semicircle, like but how do I semicircle with only four directions? <laughs> yeah, how do I semicircle on a D pad? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> uh, uh, flashback to old times, man. <laughs> or like we, you know, we had uh, a fuel truck once that, like, there was backup pumps on it, right? But the the one something happened with the one, the one pump. So we could only defuel with it. I, and then the other, you know, so we had to, there was a certain, a certain way we had to like wire in the switches and we had to put like P touch labels on where do not throw to fuel, throw these switches in this direction. And then to defuel, throw the switches in the opposite direction. And where it should have just been one toggle switch where you just push it forward or pull it back. Mm-hmm. But something happened with the circuitry of that truck that we had to like, toggle like add in like five other switches to make it work so Jeez. it was like using a cheat code up down right left left b a b a you know <laughs> to make the fuel truck work <laughs> that that's the cheat code for contra right that's the uh up up down down left right left right b a start yeah that's for contra isn't it like unlimited ammo or something like that i believe so yeah that's like the most well-known yeah for I, I knew the Chico before I knew what it was for. Isn't that for weird? <laughs> so so many memes about it. And they're like, what is this for? Like, I'm trying it on every game that I know. Like, what is this for? And they're like, oh, no, this is for, like, ni- like Atari first ever Nintendo version of Contra. Like, no shit. Hold on. What does it do? <laughs> and even then, you still can't beat the first stage. Like, God damn it. <laughs> God fucking damn it. It's like the hardest game ever. You can, if you pass the first stage, you're like in the top 1% of all gamers everywhere. <laughs> Have you had a piece of GSE, let's say the axles, because it just gets, you know, it might be on a pretty rough flight line, but then again, you got the guys who take the governors off the tug, so they're hauling uh, a, a big GPU down the line at 60 miles an hour. You know what I mean? And then yeah. eventually after years of that, the uh, the tiny axles that they always put on those GPUs for some reason. Uh, I don't know why they put such weak axles, but they eventually break. Yep. And then so, but the GPU is still good. <laughs> so <laughs> to move the GPU around, it's got like its own dedicated forklift that, that just, <laughs> it just carries the <laughs> GPU up and down the line to wherever it needs to go. <laughs> or I've seen somewhere they have like a white, they make like this wagon for it. So it's kind of like, um, like, oh, this, this rear axle doesn't work. So they kind of jack it up and put this cart on it. Kind of like those uh, wheelchairs for dogs, you know? So like they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, just get it to work just enough. Fuck it. I saw once where they went to like uh, Tractor Supply, you know, Tractor Supply also like the single axle small trailers. Yeah. Like you would haul an ATV on or something. And I've seen like the local uh, command go, okay, well, we'll find something to replace it. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to get, you know, either a new GPU or going to get new axles for it, something or whatever else. And mm-hmm. no, they come back with one of those trailers and then they're like, here, just mount it to this somehow. <laughs> Tow it around. You're like, that's okay. <laughs> All right. Not as cool, but I would I would have um, a pressure washer in one of the sites I was at. That was for us to wash aircraft down because we didn't have a dedicated wash pad for it. This thing was like, like a 1980s generator, which they somehow rigged the a water pump to and a, and a hundred gallon water tank 
the pool court thing didn't work, so you had to like do like the old school way where you have to kind of curl the the rope in such a way and pull it real fast so it gets the the crank going. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know. What so, you're and then all the f- all the water lines and whatnot they rotted out because of just being kept in the sun and no one covering it or do any real maintenance to it. So we had to like find a way to get like uh, these fuel lines, these steel rated fuel lines to somehow fit onto these water pump lines. So like we're using fuel lines for for water pumps and we had to like kind of use all these different step up, step downs so it can actually fit into the water line. And it was some of the, the most Frankenstein fixes. It looked way more complicated than it was supposed to be. And then when you finally get it started, the since the fuel lines are were bigger than the normal water lines, it will take some time for it to actually build enough head pressure to push the water through. So like for a solid 20, 30 minutes, it would just be like this really sad faucet water stream of <laughs> of water. Until mm-hmm. about five minutes. Until about five minutes later, then it'll actually get kick out enough pressure to wash planes with. It was just so fucking, so ghetto rigged. How we had to make this happen. I had an old electric power washer that was that way. Like, it takes so long for some reason to build pressure, but you'd squeeze the trigger, and yeah, like you said, it was like a, it's like using a super soaker, <laughs> you know. And then, and all of a sudden, it would just boom, and then they were three thousand psi. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it worked. You're like. <laughs> like I was bar- like like you said, I was using a super soaker or a squirt gun, like and then all of a sudden, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so you're trying to peel grime off the aircraft, and you're standing real close to it to try to do it with the super soaker pressure. But then all of a sudden, you get the you get the good pressure to come through, and then you punch the hole through the sheet metal. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> now, that's assuming that there's even GSC there to Frankenstein your way through it. Uh, have you ever ran through a situation where there was no GSC around and you still had to get the job done? Yeah, I've had to do that a couple of times, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so like example for me, right? Uh, we were in this one uh, airport site, but there was no tow tractors anywhere or there was none that was rated for the amount of weight that we needed. But by the, okay, but, yeah. but, but there was like a John Deere tractor in, in the weeds somewhere. And let, let me tell you, man. Every single person there turned on their inner, inner uh, redneck farmer John uh, thinking cap. And we got this in the dirt, in the weeds, John Deere tractor. God knows how long this thing's been fired up. And we get it working. And tell me that we didn't use this John Deere tractor to tow around planes with. It was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. And then your command was probably like, oh, cool. Well, just keep using it. Then you're like, no, this was, this was just to make it happen. We're, you're supposed to give us the good stuff. No, right. that is the good stuff. Good, good for you. Right. Good for you for like, making that work. No, no, this is not. It's not even rated for this. For anyone who knows how a tractor works, right? They don't slowly pull things. It's just as soon as you crank it going and you get the clutch in, it goes whoop, just it jumps forward. And for certain rated aircraft, it's not supposed to do that. And you can risk destroying the 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 tow bar. You can risk destroying the the pinions the tow bar go into the wheels, all kinds of shit, right? That's why the tow bars have the shear pins built in, unless of right. course, unless of course you get the certain individuals who weld those in place, and then you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which I may or may not have seen happen. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what sort of stuff did you have to make uh, make do with little to no GSC? Uh, I know we had to. 
Well, same thing along the lines of a tow vehicle. We didn't have a, a tow vehicle on site, but there was a rental car place down the road. Yeah. So we went and rented a truck and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, fashioned, fashioned a way to hook the tow bar to it mm-hmm. and, uh, and use that to tow it around. We had to, with one of the GPUs, I know we had to use like, we had to go to Home Depot and buy a bunch of uh, circuit breakers to, ma- to make the, like it was, one, again, one of those GPUs laying off in the dirt and we needed something. <laughs> but it was missing half the components out of, like it had been it had already been ravaged you know and about all the good stuff taken out of it so i know we went and got like a bunch of stuff at home depot to to, to make it work and it, and it did work for a while <laughs> but but ultimately it just killed itself <laughs> now i think i've mentioned this in another episode i think uh, we're using the wrong gsc for the job so like we were talking like for instance the john deere tractor it works, but it's not meant for it. And then there's another instance where we're taking up, we're removing and installing aircraft propellers with a forklift. Uh, I mean, do whatever it takes still, but I mean, picture that, like having to use a forklift to put on a propeller blade. Like, it, first of all, the, the, the forklift needs to be tall enough to raise it up or down. And then you got to rig it in such a way where the weight of the propeller doesn't uh tilt itself forward and fall off the forks or onto the forks whatever the case may be yeah or oh here's another instance uh, uh or using a uh aircraft jack mm-hmm. that's uh not really rated for the weight of that specific uh airframe yeah <laughs> like well and then you can you know people are like well i mean the aircraft's only ten thousand pounds more than what this jack's rated for but you know they always over they always over engineer it and then and then undersell what it can actually do so and you're like well okay but what if it what if it gives out i mean the manufacturer is not going to come back and say oh yeah you're right sorry they're going to say well we told you so <laughs> <laughs> or how about with the or the air, a hydraulic uh, jack that that's got a pretty severe leak oh my so, god so as it's up on stands you got one guy dedicated to just watching that watching the level because it's constantly bleeding down and he's just standing there with a five gallon bucket of hydraulic fluid pour, pouring it back in you know and has to keep pumping it back up yeah pump it back up pour it in pump it back up pour it in and everybody <laughs> else is scrambling as fast as they can just so they can get it back off stands yeah Man, matter of fact i have seen instances like that which sad to say and that's pretty pretty terrifying you think about it because it actually happened to us in totally different scenarios <laughs> i think it's happened to almost everybody i bet i bet almost every one of our listeners out there has gone through that because i mean those those Tron air jacks leak quite a bit, especially with enough use and age. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I, I can, I bet almost every one of our listeners has gone through something like that. It, it's wild. What about you, Shoreline? What about uh, some janky GSE in the, in the sound industry? I think I've gone into to some of that in a previous episode. I mean, uh, when we're having to lift uh, something uh, with something that's maybe a little underrated for what the job can be like for instance that that story i told with uh that that motor versus the uh the pull chain mm-hmm. that story really rings true to me right now um trying to think of any others and uh i mean gotta we, we we have to do some pretty improvised like cable fixes and stuff like that um having to you know if if, if we have to turn an a four conductor cable into an eight conductor cable we just you know have to 
tear apart the two four conductor cables and turn it into an eight. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Or what about using a five hundred dollar van to haul around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars of uh, oh man, uh, music uh, sound equipment? Uh, that rings true. <laughs> uh, there is a famous truck in my shop that has been there for forever, um, and it man, I can't tell you how many times this truck has broke down on me alone. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was deemed illegal to be on the road at one point. Um, <laughs> literally uh yeah it was bad (laughs) and and we found a way to get it limping and get it fixed but i mean yeah like you said it's hauling around all this equipment that's worth four to ten times more than the truck itself you know um (laughs) yeah i mean uh, like that that the transmission in that truck just went out on somebody or, or and then we got that fixed and then the axle broke so then it had to get towed with another truck back to the shop oh my god yeah it's Constant, man. Constant. That's freaking sad. No, now I I, I can't recall. Shoreline, did you mention that you've had to do that? You had to step up gauges on wires before. Uh, less step up gauges necessarily, but like uh, so some speakers have four conductor, uh, one positive, negative, two positive, negative, um, mm-hmm. and then some speakers run off of eight conductors. So uh, there's a difference in NL four and NL eight. Um, the NL8 is one positive, negative, two positive, negative, three positive, negative, four positive, negative. So what I've seen had to happen is, well, we're in a pinch and we need to turn this four conductor cable into an eight conductor cable. So we just put two four conductors together to create the <laughs> eight conductor. Um, and obviously that's not the ideal situation, but in a pinch, it's... You get, the show's got to go on. That's, right. you know, in my industry, similar to some of the, the things that you guys have talked about, you know, the flight has to happen. It's, um, I mean, there, there is no alternative, uh, in my industry. Uh, the alternative costs millions of dollars. Um, and you can't like, if a show doesn't happen because of the production company, that's a real bad look. And I've never been in a situation where that has happened. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. so you just, you just got to make it work. Yeah. Well, same. Yeah. You've pretty much hit the nail on the head. It was the same way with us. Like, uh, we run into the scenarios like, well, what's more important, the flight taking off on time or the flight landing on time. Right. And most people, um, generally most people in operation would say, oh, we want the flight to take off on time. Take off is better than landing. It's like, yeah, but you got to kind of think of it from the customer perspective. If they're in a connecting flight. They would much rather be landing on time so they can make the connecting flight than taking off on time and then having issues and having to land again because of problem X, <laughs> you know, which half the time it half the time it's caused by the ground support equipment because either it didn't service it right, uh, it's not pushing off enough uh, juice to get the aircraft where it needs to be, like say for instance electricity or hydraulic. Oh my God, that's another the hydraulic mules. Holy cow! How many of those have you seen? Oh my god! Patchworked and pieced together, and and barely operational. Only all the time. Like I yeah. remember, I remember a time we had like eight uh, hydraulic mules uh, in a given in a given time, and all eight shat themselves, just grenaded themselves for whatever reason. Either blown lines, blown regulators, blown baffles, or. Um, they somehow or whatever, they're not putting up enough pressure. They're putting too much pressure. 
stuff like that. I'm just like, holy shit, man. Like, I remember we had fuck? this hydraulic mule and it was wired for, it was like three phase something or other, but the hanger wasn't, didn't have that in it. It was an old, old hanger. Yeah. And so, um, and so the boss was like, well, I'll just, you know, try to make it work. See if it works. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a safe thing to do. He's like, just trying to make it work. Okay. So we, we do all the jerry rigging we have to do. And then we go to plug it in and go to throw the, the switch on the power switch on and just boom right away. Like, what the <laughs> hell was that? And then we, we hit the kill switch, pop off the panels. And then like, you know how they have those massive capacitors in there and like the old mules. Yeah. They're like, they look like, they're like the size of a, like a Nalgene water bottle. Yeah. And, and we looked at, and that thing had grenaded inside. That was what the <laughs> boom was. We're like, well, that didn't work. Get the red tag, tie it on there. Do not use. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen ones where the mules, they'll, they'll kick off so much pressure bef- just before they grenade themselves. And it'll just turn into like this mini waterfall or a, f- a water fountain of hydraulic fluid. Just like, well, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Blew, blew a line out, blew a seal out, something, one of the couplings. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I guess that one's done. Yep. We're, that, that's a wrap for that one. Next. <laughs> Next. And then you look at it like, do we have another one? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I guess we got to fix one. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, now, uh, off topic, uh, since we're going about hydraulic fluid. There's this one prank we used to play on on, on infantry guys. This was on a, a CH-46 uh, helicopter, the, ban- the frog banana-shaped looking one, however you want to describe it. Anyway, uh, there's, a, there's a hydraulic pump handle that looks like the shape of a cane by the, by the tail ramp. And you would pump this up to build pressure for the hydraulic uh, auxiliary power unit to, to kick on. And... Once it's in the air, that pump and the pump handle basically become useless. Like they do nothing. So the prank is we'll have uh, uh, infantry guys in the in the cargo bay as this thing's flying along. And the crew chief has a direct connect headset to the pilot. And it's like, hey, we're going to fuck. We're going to mess around with one of these infantry guys. So they'll pick one random guy and they'll say, hey, man, we need you to pump this this hydraulic pump to keep the aircraft in the air. They're like, okay. And then they'll, they'll signal to the pilot, like, dude, just dip down real fast. Like a really hard dip. I'm like, oh God, oh my God, pump the handle. <laughs> pump the handle, pump the handle. <laughs> so here's the guy, like this infantry dude, like just like frantically pumping the handle. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we're all going to die. And then they'll slowly come back up. And then he's like, keep pumping, dude, keep pumping. And then he starts getting tired, obviously, because he can't keep, yeah, can't, keep that. Can't maintain that, uh, that pace. Yeah, so like he lose, he'll get tired, lose his pace, and like, all right, dip down. Oh my god, fuck it, <laughs> keep pumping, ah! <laughs> and they'll do this for a solid two to three hours, however long the flight is. So this dude is like shitting bricks the entire time, just trying to like really keep the keep hydraulic pressure up. This quote, two to three hours. Oh my yeah, god, this quote unquote hydraulic pressure. Oh, and then they, and as soon as they land, like, oh, thank God, dude, you saved our lives and shit. And so he thinks that he's the hero of the world, and he's like bragging to all his friends. And then all, all the air crews are sitting there laughing like, we really just made this dude pump a useless handle for three straight hours. That's awesome. Oh my God. Three hours. That's horrendous. I couldn't imagine doing that for three hours. Yeah. And, and, but, and he's doing nothing. Like it, it's useless. Once the aircraft's in the air, it does nothing. You're literally just, you're pumping a dead handle. Like, 
like one of those uh, water pumps that are that's not even connected, just like <laughs> just doing just doing shit for no reason. <laughs> oh my gosh! Any listeners out there who've who've done some stuff like that, like with the CH forty six, forty seven, or anything that has that kind of handle, please share your stories with us and how you messed around with the the non familiar. <laughs> yeah, and share your own GSE stories. I'm sure we I'm sure we we only touched uh, on a few subjects today, but uh, you know. Hit us with uh, some of the stuff you guys have gone through. Share your yeah. stories. We'd like to hear them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, I, I actually just got reminded of a story, um, and I was thinking about it. But uh, there was one situation where we were, uh, more than one situation where this has happened, not necessarily this badly, but um, you know, we're, we overloaded a 16-foot truck, and... We overloaded it so much that it, he, one of our guys was going down the road and the back tires popped off while he was going down the freeway. Oh, my God. oh shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He was known as the truck breaker from then on, but because um, that was not the only truck that broke down on him. Um, he stopped. Oh, man. Yeah, man. That was, yeah, that was a, that was a rough one. That would, that would be uh, like he gets out of the truck and be like, Guys, something weird happened. Somebody shit my pants. I don't know <laughs> oh my who God, it was, no but that just happened. So has anything like that happened to you guys where like it has officially been overloaded and it's just gone? Yeah. For No, I've been close though where it was overloaded and we hit, like we had an engine in the back of like one of those Nissan DB200 vans, you know, the really small little windowless uh, panel vans. And we had a a $10 million engine in the back of it. And we hit a bump going down the freeway at like 70 miles an hour. And we lost all of our hubcaps. So that's as close <laughs> as we got. <laughs> um, I've had a, I've had seen, I've seen an aircraft where it wasn't overloaded, but it was like right at its max load. And this was flying into the wind where in things are generally a little bit more choppy when you do that. So it was actually a helicopter, no less. Probably scary as it is. So this thing needed to actually have a running start just to build enough lift to get its max weight off the ground. And it looked shady to begin with. Like It's at the very end of the runway. It's building um, uh, momentum to get enough lift. And right where the runway ends, there's this steep drop. Go figure. And so we're seeing this thing going, going, going. It hits the end of the runway and then it drops. Like, Oh my God, they died. <laughs> and then you just see it come right back up. Like, oh, thank God. Oh my Ooh. gosh. That would be Ooh. scary. Right? Like, Ooh. <laughs> I know like some of the bush pilots talk about them overloading the planes and like they'll get up on like they'll like the bush planes that have those big balloon tires. So they'll get up on like top of a mountain. And when they go to take off, they'll have to do the same thing. They'll shoot straight off the edge of the cliff and just dive in order to build enough speed to then try to climb up out because they wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen videos of that where like like this should not have taken off kind of thing and then just like just drops like a steep drop, like, oh my god, they yeah, died, like, and he comes right dip back below up. the yeah, they'll dip below the clouds and you're like, uh oh. And then all of a sudden you'll see him pop up further out, you know, back back out of the clouds, you're like, oh man. Dude. <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god. <laughs> like, I'm glad I wasn't on that plane. Right? Yeah, I can imagine that. Like, no, this is normal. Completely normal. Supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Nick. No, no, no. Oh, man, I had a, had a I had an analogy for your story, Shoreline, and I just totally lost it. Oh, uh, it was... 
I can imagine how that guy felt as he's just going along and all of a sudden, do oh, what the hell? And this, this <laughs> the most god awful scraping sound you've ever heard. Right. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he's cursed, no, could, man. <laughs> that guy's I, cursed. I couldn't imagine that. Can you imagine though, like you're the guy going on the road after him and <laughs> right. he's known as the truck breaker. Like, Oh, I, I just used that truck yesterday. You should be fine. You're like, will I be though? Will I be okay? Or imagine doing a handoff with him. Like you guys are doing like a cross country leg and he's the last one to drive the truck. All right, here you go, friend. Like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) Uh, Closing thoughts, MVP. Well, we've all had to deal with some janky GSE and we've all had to make it work. Um, And, you know, kudos to those who have, uh, who have gone above and beyond to make it work. Kudos to the GSE team for, uh, for fixing the used and abused pieces of equipment that all the rest of us uh, pretty much, you know, run ragged every day. So we appreciate you guys for keeping that going to keep us doing our jobs and everything else going. Um, Cause what, like I said, if it wasn't for you guys and it was left to the A&Ps to fix it, it's uh, it's not going to get done until it absolutely has to. And then at that point, it's just duct taping it together enough to make it work <laughs> one time. Right. Yeah, kudos to you get to all your GC team guys. Like you're probably the the underappreciated out of anyone who's in the aircraft maintenance um field other than the mechs themselves and the documentation administrators, stuff like that. Uh we like to thank our patrons for helping us produce the show, uh continue making episodes and have Shoreline ever the happy to produce it for us. Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Stephanie Boatman. Jenny Dignan, Ryan Frushauer, Daniel Schubert, and Steven Shivers. Thank you guys so much for all your patronage and thank all our patrons for supporting us and helping us produce these episodes for you. Visit our website at cancelformaintenance.com. If you have any ideas for the show, stories, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, hit us up on the contact us section. Shoot us your ideas, your stories, and then we'll try to get those or yourself onto the show. Visit our sponsor at rockwelltime.com. They make things like uh, outdoor equipment, snowboard equipment, watches, sunglasses, you name it. Use the code CX4MX, save 10% off your purchase. And then once again, uh, support us on Patreon if you like this show. Your patronage allows us to continue making episodes, bring on guests, And you get special exclusive uh, perks for being patrons, such as Discord access, uh, discounted merch once we get our shop going, and then more bonus behind-the-scenes content of the show itself. Uh, Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now Twitter, and YouTube, actually. Ooh, the YouTubes Uh, now. Ooh, the the U of the tubes. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, uh, Instagram at Kanks for Maintenance Podcast. Twitter and YouTube at CXMX Podcast. Follow us there. Get more updates about us, about the show. And if you have any ideas, also shoot at us that way. Yeah, please leave us a review on those listening platforms of your choice. Get Tell us what you think of the show. Any news is good news. Share your thoughts and stories. We'd like to hear them. Uh, maybe, we'll do, uh, maybe we'll do another episode. We haven't done a, a read-through one day where, like we did in the past. We uh, People send us the stories and we just kind of read and discuss them. Yeah. We haven't done one of those episodes in a while. That'd be kind of fun to do a to do an yeah. episode like that again. So that'd be share yeah. us your janky GSE stories. Maybe we'll uh we'll do another episode. Absolutely. 
Maybe. And we haven't uh, sent us your questions too. We can probably do those read through questions like MVP said. Until then, thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks.